C3 Church Wellington AMA. Ask me anything, the series where we tackle the tough questions. We ask the simple questions and we explore the questions most people may think but probably don't want to ask aloud. My name is Ray here and asking the questions. Joining me is Pastor Steve Hinton. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Man, we're cracking through these episodes now. Again, I just can I give a shout out to Ray Heron? I mate, I this is your vision, your idea, and um, you came to me one day and just said, "Hey, I think this would be cool. I've got some questions. I think other people would have questions too. Uh, why don't we do a podcast? I can put my skill set to use." And here we are at episode, gosh knows what, twelve. 11, 19? We're getting there somewhere. 56. It depends which order we, it depends which order we release these in. That's right. But I mean, we're, we're into it. And uh, I have to say, it's a delight doing it. I really enjoy it. And I hope that our listeners are getting some benefit from it. And I tell you what, this couldn't happen without your questions. So please do get those questions through to us on the social media, facebook.com forward slash C3 Church Wellington, or ask in person. Or Steve, I, I know that you've had a couple of questions via uh, private message as well. Yes, we've actually started getting some questions coming through and uh, please keep them coming. Right, we've got a stack of questions here uh, that they probably couldn't fill a whole episode on their own, but I think I think they're kind of important questions. So what I want to do is I want to do a quick fire round. What we'll do also is put the times at which we ask each question in the description below so you can see what questions we're going to ask and skip ahead if you want to. Great idea. Rapid fire. Question number one. Ministry. Ministry is a term used in church quite a bit. What is ministry and how do you define it? Yeah, so ministry is used a lot in church life and it's also used outside of church life, like the ministry of social development, the ministry of, you know, so on and so forth in government departments. It's a service to others or uh, the office of serving and being in service to others is the description of ministry. Uh, so in church life, it's a spiritual service to other to others is what we describe it as. Great. Question number two. What is a five-fold ministry? Well, this is going to be rapid fire. Okay, so the five-fold ministry is a reference uh, to the Apostle Paul when he wrote in his letter to the church in Ephesus, which is the book of Ephesians in chapter four. He talks about um, what we call the five-fold ministry, which is this. You've got apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors all distinct gifts, and all necessary, he says, for equipping the saints, equipping the church, and building up people to spiritual maturity. Yeah, He says all five are absolutely necessary. Now, you're not going to find all five residing in one person with the exception of Jesus Christ. Therefore, the, uh, the point of when we say the fivefold ministry is that what we hope is that every church has all five gifts operating in the church hopefully in the leadership structure and team of that church, but regardless in the church. So you want you want all of those operating. So let's quickly go through them. Apostle is the um, apostolic gift, which is planning churches, expanding the kingdom, vision, uh, expansion, vision, going forward, yeah? Prophet is seeing the future and seeing, uh, speaking out what what is coming uh, to encourage people. Hey, man, this I see this is coming, and God's showing me. I'm speaking it over, speaking it out over your life or over the church uh, to build encouragement and to confirm what God's already placed in people's hearts. Teacher is self-explanatory to teach to make that which was unclear clear. Then you've got the uh, the gift of pastor, which is to care for the people, um, often referred to as a shepherd, caring or tending to the sheep. So looking after mercy gifts, care, people care, 
um, healing the wounded, looking after the broken. Uh, and then the final gift is the gift of evangelist. Not the final gift, but the final on the list. And that is uh, the person passionate about reaching people that are outside of faith, people that don't know about Jesus uh, and, and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Missionaries uh, would be strong in the evangelistic gift, probably others as well, but they, they feel this pull to sharing the news of Jesus with those that are uh, that don't know it, or, or and so the best way I've ex- heard this explained, Ray, is this that you come. There's a wall. The people uh, come to a wall, and there's a wall there, and the uh, the teacher steps up and he explains why the wall exists, the history of the wall, and teaches the people all about the wall. The prophet steps up and tells people what's on the other side of the wall. Come on, it's okay. This is what's waiting for us on the other side of the wall. The pastor steps up and starts helping people up and over the wall. I'm going to help you get over the wall and stand on my shoulders, and it's going to, you know, get, get it's going to be okay. Um, the uh, I, I can't even remember what the evangelist. I can't remember what the evangelist does about the wall. Sorry uh, about that one. Uh, <laughs> does the evangelist believe that you can get over the wall? Maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he does. Uh, but here's what the apostolic or the apostle just wants to smash through the wall, and so that's. The, uh, that's the one of the best analogies I've heard explain the fivefold gifts and the necessity in the church. Hope that helps. Marvellous. Okay, we are five and a half minutes through this podcast and we're into question number three. Easy one. What is a parable? That is an easy one. So a parable is a story. Uh, Jesus taught in parables, uh, but they were stories that he would tell to help people understand a truth, uh, normally kingdom of heaven truth, something, uh, and he would just tell stories and we call these stories parables. So Jonah and the whale be a parable? Well, potentially, uh, Although the word parable started um, getting, it was in use around Jesus' time and teaching. So mostly uh, people tie the word parable to the teachings of Jesus. So maybe the the dude that crossed the road to help the dude? Yeah, so that's right. (laughs) That dude was a Samaritan. Samaritan, that's Not only was he a Samaritan, mate, he was a good Samaritan because he crossed the road, helped the man. That was a parable, correct? He was a good Samaritan. Yeah, he was. Right, uh, what is the Trinity apart from the chick in the Matrix? The blue pill or the red pill. Great movie, great movie. And so many biblical references in that movie, that just movie, by the way. That movie is just so much shadowing of, of, of the biblical narrative, it's crazy. Hey, so uh, the, the Trinity is uh, the doctrinal belief, and I, I think that we've thrown this into rapid fire, as a bit, it's risky. The Trinity is the theological position that God exists uh, as one, God is one, but in three persons. Crazy, right? So there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and you see reference to the Trinity uh, throughout Scripture. Uh, you see it right in the very first couple of chapters in the Bible when God references when He's making uh, man, when He's making Adam. He says, "Let us, let us make man in our own image." Uh, and so there's a plurality to God in, in the creation story. You see in John one that uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and in the beginning. So, and this was a reference to Jesus as He goes on to say, "So Jesus was." with God in the beginning so it's eternal uh, Jesus references that when you know in Matthew 28 he says go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit uh, so there's reference all throughout the, the Bible to God existing in perfect unity and in one, as one but in three persons and it's a mind bender uh, I've heard a few different ways of people try to explain it to help but they're all kind of not quite bang on but think of an egg which is a shell a yolk and an egg white they're all three distinct parts of the egg but they make up the egg as a, as a whole 
We're, as human beings, a, a, a body, soul, and spirit. So we, as well, are three in one. Anyway, that is the doctrine of the Trinity in a rapid-fire way. God is one in three persons. All right, keeping it moving. Uh, what is the difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost? None. No difference. I think it's just a... Uh, time in history where people would refer to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost Um, I I don't think it's anything more than that I haven't really dived in to study it but simply this that there is no difference that sometimes the Holy Spirit has been referenced as the Holy Ghost and uh, we're talking about one and the same person Marvellous Do Christians believe in karma? That's a great question Now here's what here's what uh, I would say that that God when he created uh, the earth created uh, humanity he instilled some, some, some laws that govern his creation, yeah? And one of those laws is the law of sowing and reaping. He goes on to say, what a man sows that he also will reap. And so I would say that uh, what uh, maybe people would refer to as karma is, you know, you're gonna, you know, oh, look, that person did that bad thing, so karma's going to get them. It's some sort of, ethereal thing outside on a, some, on some sort of spiritual plane that is like a someone's keeping score and it's going to come back and whack them. Um, I don't know if you, Christianity would necessarily line up there, but we do believe that and what God says is that you reap what you sow. And that's why the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do to you. Uh, and so uh, I, can I throw a curveball in there? You can. The Bible also says that there are those that um, lived wickedly and it looked like they, they didn't get their comeuppance when they're here on this earth, that they lived a great life and everything went well for them and uh, it seems like there was no justice in that. And then there was others that were, you know, great people, um, I'm paraphrasing, but great people and they were like lived under tyranny and oppression and, you know, I think we can all re- not reference something from history that would that, that would um, <clears throat> be rel- relevant to the point is this: is that you can you can you can potentially escape um, reaping and sowing here in the earthly in your earthly life, but you will never escape justice. God is a just God, and at some point we're all going to stand before Him naked. The Bible says, and give an account for our lives. So you will reap what you sow. And question number seven: How do you know that the Bible is God's word if it's written by other people? Yeah, well, this is it. So the, the Bible is written by by people, by human beings. And so that's that's the first thing we've got to say. That, And so we're hoping that what these human beings have written is God's completely divinely inspired, therefore the words of God. And that's what we do believe. Uh, that's orthodox Christianity, is that we believe that the Bible is God's word, that these are inspired writings. The Bible even says that it is. It says in the book of Second uh, Timothy that the word of God is, is perfect, inerrant, without error. And, and I believe that. Now, the question is for someone that's on a journey um, discovering this faith, uh, how, do I, how do I believe that? Why, why, outside of just saying you should believe it, why should you believe it? Well, one of the great things about the Bible is that it's, uh, and especially, look, uh, let's, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament are two distinctly different kettles of fish. The Old Testament is historical documentation of the people of Israel. Yeah. One of the crazy things, though, Ray, is that Jesus was the Messiah. The Messiah had uh, hundreds of prophetic words, uh, prophecies written about him, hundreds, some thousands of years before he came. So many different prophecies, yeah. So one of the ways that I love that the, you can, you know, do the, be- the beauty of the Bible is that you've got all these different people writing over many generations, yeah. And, and yet they all f- come together in perfect harmony and in sync, which is crazy. Secondly, 
there are prophetic things written about things to come, and especially around Jesus the Messiah, and Jesus fulfilled every single one of those prophecies. I mean, crazy things like they're going to they're going to gamble for your cloak, you know that you know you're, they're going to gamble for your your you know your your outer garment while you're hanging on the cross. That he's going to get crucified on a tree. This is before the, the the crucifix or the Roman cross was even invented. This was prophesied that that he would be born of a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem, and that he'd be, you know, uh, and the only reason he was born in Bethlehem is because they had to travel because of the census. And I mean, just all these crazy prophecies. So that helps, in my point, for me. Spoiler alert, because we're going to do a Christmas episode one of these weeks. But also the fact that uh, the New Testament is eyewitness accounts of Jesus. So it was written by people that either were there with him of people that had interviewed the people that were there with him. And so cooperation is such a powerful thing. So an eyewitness account, when you go into the court of law and the question is, did you see that man hit Ray? And I'm like, yeah, I was there and I saw it. I saw that dude hit Ray. And this other guy comes in the court. Yeah, I was there as well in the crowd and I saw that man hit Ray. Can you point him out in the lineup? Yeah, that one there. Well, that is the highest form of evidence you can have is an eyewitness account. And what we have in the Old Testament, uh, sorry, in the New Testament, is you have different eyewitness accounts that co-op, that that all come to succinctness and they all gel perfectly. And so the question, this isn't even one of the questions, but there are other writings that were not included in the canon of Scripture because they were not eyewitness accounts and they they were contrary to the eyewitness accounts. And so, same thing in a court of law. This person walks in and says, nah, that guy didn't hit Ray. And the person says, well, the judge says, well, were you there? Well, no, I wasn't there. But I just know that that person would have never hit Ray because he's a good guy. Well, we've got six eyewitnesses that were there that saw him hit Ray. So in the court of law, what's going to happen? Justice would be that the eyewitness accounts would hold. And so you can trust that those that have canonized the books of the Bible have done so based on the same way that we would address any historical documentation. Were you there? Did you see it? Does it does it parallel what the other person saw? If so, yes, then it needs to be included. So that doesn't quite answer the question as to why you believe it, but it does go some ways for me to understand what books made it in and what books didn't make it in. Um, I think the fact that it just flows seamlessly and that things... Uh, um, help to prove other things. Uh, we, like I said, we could do a whole podcast on this, and this is really probably just whetting the appetite for a further podcast. So. C3 Church, Wellington AMA. Ask me anything. Well done, Steve. There was seven quickfire questions. Uh, we will post in the description uh, which e- what time each question is in this podcast in this episode, so you can uh, you can go back and listen to them again if you need further clarification. If you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Jump on the Facebook. That is the easiest way to get them through to us. Facebook.com forward slash C3 Church Wellington. Uh, otherwise, you can hit uh, hit us up in person or on uh, Facebook Messenger, and we'll bring you another episode uh, next week. Give me a fivefold high five. <laughs>